Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Heidel, and welcome back to Revolutionize the Stage. We have a lovely guest who I'm so happy to have on because we've known each other and he's helped me out so much in the last three years. We have Fred Coates of Spivak Management. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, thank you for being a guest today. You are the Chief Strategy Officer at Spivak Management. Can you give an idea of what your role is and what that kind of entails? Yeah. Uh, you know, titles are just empty words um, because it really means yeah. nothing. Uh, I, I do whatever is needed uh, to kind of bring uh, money in, you know. Um, so uh, on the operations side, make sure uh, talent is taken care of, any business dealings, any future business dealings, uh, stuff like that, any legal um, I'm in the intersection of that, uh, talent-wise, production-wise, so RIP, things, intellectual property, things that we produce or we executive produce mm -hmm. through the talent or on our own uh, merit. Um, I'm head of uh, partnership with that and have to kind of lead the charge. So think of me as a point guard mm -hmm. um, on the team. I still have a coach, a GM, owner, and all that stuff like that, but I am the best. Uh, the point guard on all things uh, business. Of course, you use a sports reference for, for sports. your role, of course. Um, wow. Okay. So, so yeah. I think when we first met back in 2018, also, I feel like when I, okay. So, yeah, when we first met back in 2018, um, when we family, did your photo shoot, when we did your photo oh, shoot Jesus in the Christ. soccer jersey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and I have those pictures loaded up. I didn't know if this is going to be an interactive thing or should I screen share? But I'll wait, you should. You should. Oh my God. If you want to, you have them loaded up for real? I have them. I have them loaded up. Um, what? Here, let me pull them up. I have them in my, uh, in my phone. Wow. Okay. So I guess for context, while Fred is pulling that up, back in 2018, I just moved to LA and Fred and mm -hmm. I were connected through family friends and they, uh, and, and Fred at the time you were more involved in laugh mob or not. Uh, yeah. I, which I still am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Oh <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, uh, -huh. uh, I still am. It just, it's just grown to, to more. So, oh, okay. um, so okay. yeah, I was working with, uh, Aaliyah at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when um, I uh, graciously needed your uh, health and expertise. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, no, the digital is where I, um, yeah, where I came from. Yeah. So you were working with Aaliyah Janelle for people who are not aware of her. She's a very yeah. uh, popular um, dancer, choreographer, if you will. Yeah. So Fred uh, took her, for, I remember your line was you took her from 15,000 followers and now she's at. 2.4 million um and you know uh, it, it breaks my heart to watch uh so i don't know exactly but yes i know she's uh, large and we did the touring and the shows and the shoes and the, the whole shootout of the deal and all that stuff and, and choreography for j-lo and uh, like everybody Nicki um, Minaj, Nicki Minaj, exactly um so um when i first met you i was like you know it made me think, okay, Fred is somebody who is able to spot talent, is able to spot, you know, stars. Um, and with your role now, like you're saying, you're kind of like a swingman. And also at, this, at the same time, 
um, you work with, you worked with Aaliyah Janelle um, and helped to kickstart her career. Um, but at the same time, you also helped to manage Juicy J, who's been around for, of course, many, many years. Um, yeah. What's the difference between, you know, starting with working with someone who is just now like a baby influencer um, in a different realm compared to someone who is a legend in their own right and has, you know, their way of doing things, someone like Juicy J? Um, two, it's two different worlds. Uh-huh. It's two different worlds. Because you have someone who's an attending star, and then you have someone who's a star attending to being iconic. And, you know, so it, it's two different ways of celebrity. You know, you have a digital influencer who, you know, mind you, you know, this is pre-TikTok, this is when it was called Musical.ly, um, where you were a celebrity in the social space, and you were using brand deals and using content to, to you know, mm-hmm. get your career going versus someone who could literally, you know, go anywhere and people recognize he's won an Academy Award, Grammy nominated, it's just a, you know, hustle and flow, big box office movie, you know, big soundtrack. Like, it's just a different, you know, it's, 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 it's night and day. Mm. It's night and day. Versus, you know, most of these digital influencers who I love and all the stuff like that, um, it's it's a different. How can I say this? It's a different skill set and a different muscle to transcend from that digital space to global celebrity on a major A list level. Mm. Like it's it's just different because yes, you know you have millions of followers and things of that nature, but can you take those millions of followers and walk into a live venue a physical space and have people not just press the like button but spend 70 to 100 to 150 dollars on hard ticket sales and do that every night for 60 nights across the world that's a different difference right right and i mean well i'm curious what makes what is that like or what is that like x factor that does make someone have you know like I think of someone like, uh, do you know who Coyle Ray is? Yeah, I know exactly. We were going to do her first uh, album. Oh, okay. I, yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and she's someone, like you said, someone super popular on social media. She did a couple of like uh, performances, I want to say like three, yeah. four months back. And people yeah. were just like, weren't necessarily not there for her, but more like it just was the crowd was well, not there's there. No, for, you there, know? There's no fan base at the time. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, is that, you know, J. Cole said it best in the song where he calls it middle child, where there was a time where you had to have an actual talent, exercise that talent, get noticed for that. And then because you exercise that talent, there's all this development in exercising that talent. So then when you do get on the road and get on stage, there's already a groundswell of people who know your music and love you and know who you are. Plus, you are prepared as a performer to perform because you've choreographed that a thousand times. You've rehearsed it a thousand times. Like, you know, it's a perfect uh, storm versus, hey, I accidentally went viral. Now I'm viral and I'm lit. And now people are expecting me to continue that. And I don't have that skill set. Like, it was not, it was luck, but it wasn't something that I 
trained for my whole life to do. Exactly. And, it, and it's if so, yeah. what she's going through and just, you know, to shoot her some super bell because my heart goes out to her. She has it tough because her mom, I mean, her dad is, you know, one of the, the heads of the music industry. Like her dad is a very, 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 very big deal mm-hmm. to move the culture. So you have that as your, you know, your backdrop, but then you're trying to do things on your own mm-hmm. and not really lean on your your father and your family. And then you're in a new space where you got lit really quick. The labels put you up to do shows, but nobody really knows, like they haven't. So it's not her fault. It's the, it's, it's really the team behind her not really, or this could be the overall plan too. Right. That also happens where they just need her to get mm-hmm. out there because they know what's coming down the road. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that makes me think about how when you when you were working with Aaliyah, like she has, uh, of course, I don't know if she has like a fandom name or whatever, but she has like fans. Um, that, no, you know, she right? has a core, core fan base. And I think with, with her and, you know, shout out to her because she's probably one of the hardest working uh, people I know. I will give her that. Um, she worked on that fan base. She was a small market. We really touched the people. We really got in there and kissed uh, babies and shook hands. But because of that, um, that's where she can go to any city in any state and sell tickets. You know, mm-hmm. now it's not as much as a Juicy J or anything like that. But you know, she really physically touched these people, so she created a fan base for herself. But it took it took it took some time. Right. Nobody was showing up. Right. And, you know, that makes me think about how um, with both of these artists and people, like you said, like analyzing people like Coyle Ray or what have you in the industry. Um, and, I, you know, even you guys, I think you guys were with Meg Thee Stallion at the like very, not very beginning, but like Hot Girl Summer when she yeah, like, really we, popped off. We gave, we gave her, yeah, so we gave her Hot Girl Summer. And, um, you know, that's probably one of those things where I will always be proud of that because. Uh, it was a real team effort, and we all really joined forces and really got it done. There were not too many egos involved, and I think because of that, that's how I was able to to get done. But prior to to Hot Girl Summer, you know, Megan team, well, he trusted that we could give her her stamp. And mm-hmm. so before Hot Girl Summer, her Fever album, so she just came off the song with Wale, and then we were getting into the Fever album, which is her debut or they might not call it an album now, they might just call it a project or EP or something. We gave her about three or four songs, which in that I got demolished because I had that whole songwriting handle with with Tyler and another influencer. But in that, we gave her three songs. We handled everything correctly. We handled the the scandal with Tyler correctly. I literally threw myself on on the sword and just, you know, said whatever, because we knew Juicy believed in Megan Nushi so far. The label believed in us. And because we did it that way, they keep coming back. And that's why I think we're, we got like 10, 12 songs with her by now. Like, I think oh, wow. that's why, because um, it, was, it was a team effort. Everybody took the Eagles out and we just made the music. Growing up, did you know that you wanted to be in this sort of role or was this always your goal? No. Okay. No, not at all. 
Uh, growing up, I knew I loved business. Okay. Um, you know, and I'll trust your edits, and I'll trust you uh, that you will make sure I look okay in this. But you know, I, I grew up a hustler. You know what I mean? Like I, I uh, ex-athlete. You know, growing up in LA, growing up in not you know most people. Well, I grew. I didn't grow up in the hood or anything like that. But growing up in LA and seeing the hustle and bustle, seeing the entertainment business, seeing the sports business, seeing how money is made in this business, um, and seeing a lot of shiny things going about here. And I went to Beverly High, you know, like I know, I know what, you know, I knew, I thought I knew what success looked like, and I just wanted to be some sort of successful. So I didn't think it would be this. Um, you know, if anything close to this, you know, I grew up watching Entourage, one of my favorite shows. Um, and uh, I love the character uh, Ari, you know, Emmanuel. If anything, I was like, oh, I might be an agent, you know, but then that was kind of, that came and went. But no, I never thought, I never thought it would be this. You know, actually, I thought I would probably have a business um, in uh, venture capital, private equity, mergers and acquisitions. That's, you know, anything. Okay, so you went to UCLA, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you major in business at UCLA? No, so um, I did communication, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I did not, I did not plan for this. Would I, would I do hindsight see would help? Um, was, uh, I translated well, and, and what I mean by I translated well, you know, I could talk to uh, our mutual friend Larry. You know, I could talk to I could talk to Larry, but then I also can talk to the kids fresh out gangbangers. You know what I mean? And I can communicate to both of them extremely well and have them understand and digest what I'm explaining. And I I I've always went through life hearing how that was something that naturally came to me because you know this is my culture. I'm growing up. I'm you know. Playing, you know, these are my guys, so I know how to talk to them. But then I love business. I knew how to talk business, and then I think that the hindsight is probably my leg up from most that tried to do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Is that they were good at one or the other, but they couldn't talk to both parties, and so I can talk to both parties and have them meet and talk and meet and like, you know, I can. That's something that I could say that school communication, just knowing interpersonal communication and just body language, dialect, and, mm-hmm. you know, that is what helps. Because this is a personal business. Entertainment is a personal it's all a relationship. So. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're mutable. You're able to be like a, not a chameleon, but you're able to adapt very well to different groups of people, different types of situations, that kind of thing. Well, some can, and, and yes, it's however you interpret it. Mm-hmm. So yes to that. But I personally would say is more, it's more of me knowing how to convey. Okay. So it's like I can convey something to you mm-hmm. that Emily couldn't figure out how to explain it to her 90-year-old grandmother who doesn't understand TikTok. Like, what is, I don't get it. Oh, and I can be like, this is what 
And then I can explain that in a way where I'm not mansplaining or making you feel inferior. And then you're receptive to that information. Mm, I see. Oh, that's interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Being, re- being able to relate or find a way to convey and relate to the part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, and, and so that's a, okay, that's an intangible skill that you have to have in order to be successful in this business. Um, in your case, you know, working at a, a management company, that means another skill mm-hmm. that you might need to have is being able to spot talent or stars or, you know, that X factor in people. Um, is that something you feel like you naturally are able to do? Um, that's a very dangerous question. And for people who don't respect that question, just say yes, you got to be weary of, because um, beauty and talent, you're a beholder. So it's like what you classify as beauty and I classify as beauty could be two different things depending on cultural, you know, geolocation, depending on so many things. So I think very, I can't say, hey, you're a star and I can believe that you're a star and I can see it. But what I can say is that culturally I can feel what's, what's happening, what's moving because I'm touching people, I'm listening. And I can see that right now, this could be your time or your time is coming or this is fitting for, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm a star or a kingmaker or anything like that, but I, I, my ears to the street and because my ears to the street, I have a leg up on forecasting. Ah. So when you say your ears to the streets, what exactly do you, what is, how do you keep your ear to the streets? Like, what, what do you mean by that? I know, I know what you uh, mean, but like, what is your, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to be always tapped in and, and culturally um, aware of what's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the business I'm in, you know? And because this is the business I'm in, I need to consume all things that are about it. So I'm going through every podcast in the world. I'm reading all of the articles that pop up. I'm consuming a certain kind of social media so I can stay in tune. I'm listening to the kids. I mean, you know, I'll tell you something because it's not my own idea. I got this from uh, a rapper, uh, Common Sense, where um, Common, you know, he used to take the train just to catch a vibe and see what's going on in the city because once you're out of the mix mm-hmm. and you are living in that big house somewhere or you got a full-on situation you really just can't be out in the just in the mix like that then it's like well you have to find ways and me is consuming as much information as possible and sometimes just hop on the bus and see you know pre-corona and seeing what's going on or being downtown at the train or you know, might pop into a sweaty, shitty, you know, uh, club and just see what, check the vibe and see what's going on because um, I'm not the smartest guy in the room and I, I'm not going to act like it's me being brilliant. It's what, it's what the universe is giving to me and how I take it and use it. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. And it, that reminds me, uh, and we'll talk about it later, of one of the law, 48 laws of power, like you uh, yeah. Don't lose your touch, type thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and is that important with so, so? Okay. And and another thing is I've learned in in time is like you know someone like Aaliyah or someone like let's say BTS they have their fandom, but once you get to a certain level, you like you still have to remain or have that untouchability sort of you know factor. And what's the balance between like 
someone, you know, and I, I've, I've, you know, I've heard, or, you know, I can imagine Juicy is, you know, he is, how do I describe? Like, uh, he has an untouchability sort of factor as well, but yeah, he yeah, still yeah, yeah. remains someone who seems to be very authentic and um, true to their art and true to, you know, oh, the, you know, the, the guy, the guy will put on shades in the hoodie and drive around and catch a vibe and listen to music while he's driving smoke and just because you got to think about it if you're with a driver and how a lot of the music is consumed today through headphones and, and through you know car speakers and stuff like that like this is how the music is consumed and you don't know what it feels like to be in that whip listening to that song just catching the vibe then it's like you could, who are you making music for because your fan base that's how they consume the music Mm-hmm. And so he just is really in touch and in tune to the point where I'm almost in awe. I am in awe because he could be so far removed. He could be on Mount Olympus, on a hilltop somewhere, you know, leave me alone, don't mm-hmm. touch me, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. But like he stays connected, you know, and it's because he keeps youth around him and he keeps his ears to the street. Mm, okay. Um, now, kind of pivoting from that then you know that's also I guess that also has to do with strategy and and we would love to know the kind of clients that Spivak like takes in and is it any and everybody well well well, there's there's two things because um my role has changed over time so I'm 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 a partner um so it's really you know what I have interest Okay. So it's not the days of, hey, here's a talent, you run point on this talent. It's, it, I have to believe in the act. And if I believe in the act, I walk act in and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're managing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, out of respect, I will sit with my managing partners who, you know, finance mm-hmm. the whole operation and be like, hey, you know, what do you guys feel? What, what direction do you guys want to go? But unless I believe in the act, it's not, it's not coming through the doors, at least on my in my side and then if i don't believe in the act i'm not i'm not managing it now i can say that from the place of i'm okay but early on when you're grinding and hustling you're just trying to get on you you get anything you can and you excel at it and success will be your business card you know because look let's be frank here i'm not a dancer you know what I mean? I don't know how to really dance. You know, I mean, I can trip walk a little bit. But you know what I mean? Like, it ain't, I might do the butterfly, but that's about it. You know, uh, and how am I, you know, uh, doing global tours? I have a high hill shoe line to north of 500,000 with a dancer. Mm-hmm. How am I doing all the beauty time? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the business acting. I just want to win. So. I was like, this is something that seems successful. I can see what it is. I'm going to hurry up and learn. And I'm going to study and, you know, figure it out. And because at the end of the day, you know, a good piece of talent, it's a good piece of talent. You just got to build a business around it. You see a talent and, or the, you know, opportunity in a Bollywood actor. And then you get that Bollywood actor to come in. Is it, is it your job to strategize and figure out, like, the ins and outs, of course, of everything going on in Bollywood um, and be like an expert, if you will, or is it something like, well, it, there's so much history behind that. There's like, 
you know, you can't automatically just be an expert the moment they walk in the door. And so it's like a, just an ongoing process. Well, or- it's, 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 it's a mixture of both, but I can like put it in real time. So let's say um, Emily walks into my door, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm like, oh, Emily, what do you want to do? And then Emily tells me she wants to do this and she's really into uh, the K-pop culture and the music scene and blah, 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 you know, and all that stuff, right? And so what I will do is I will take that information, Mm -hmm. right, and categorize it. And then what I'll also do is take your passion Mm -hmm. and see, because I need to find out what your passion is. About to find out what you'll get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning, really get to work to versus something where you're like, I'm not into it, so I'm not when it gets hard. Yeah. You know, I want to figure out like what are the things that you love? Yeah. Where are you trying to go? And then what we sit down and do is we build that vehicle to get you to point A to point B. We build the vehicle, we come up with a plan, we mm-hmm. come up with a roadmap, and then you know, we put gas in the car and turn it on and hit the road. I see. Okay. So that's essentially, that's the strategy. You ask the strategic part of the, your role, essentially. It's like, yeah, I'm, I, I, I am the, the, the CEO of the company. So you're the company. Emily is the startup, but you're the new mm-hmm. company. You're the new podcast darling and everybody, you know, and I'm like, okay, Emily, because you have all this success around you and you have this pedigree and you've been doing this for the while and you're doing it in LA and mm. national um, associations and, you know all that stuff like that I know how to now push you forward you just need to figure out what vehicle works best so don't just take any job take the job that's going to help you get to the next level and then let's, let's, let's find you an agent oh, okay we found, let's find you a booking agent okay Hey, you're trying to do, you know, uh, you need jingles. Let's find you a producer to make the music. So now you can make more money off your podcast. And you don't have to worry about rights and royalty. Like we just really sit down and strategize and come up with a game plan. And then, you know, have you do what you do best, which is whatever your talent is. And then we get it going. Hello, everybody. This is Emily. If you've reached this part of the interview, that means you're at the end of part one. So you can check back for part two next week. In the meantime, make sure to keep up with everything Revolutionize the Stage on our Instagram and Twitter at RevTheStagePod. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.